When you put something in your mouth, your palate explodes with up to five different tastes. A refined palate can sense them all, but when you're a child, you probably remember only that it tastes good or bad. In this episode of The Grand Life, we explore the sense of taste and how it is intertwined with memory. But before your mouth starts watering, let's review what we've already learned. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we are talking about the third of five senses, taste. We've talked about smell and sound, but what do you remember about tastes from your past? Okay, so we talked about smell the first week and all the amazing memories of our childhood connected to smell. I mean, there were lots of different categories, food, nature, things like perfume, cigars, all things that we have a very distinctive memory of from our grandparents. And we talked about how we don't really smell with our nose, but we smell with our brain. Then we talked about sound last episode. Again, we talked about how sounds we grew up with don't even exist anymore for some of our grands, like tractors and pendulum clocks and the bell at gas stations all sorts of sounds. And we also talked about how sounds are connected to emotion. They elicit something like fear or happiness or contentment. Okay, so where then is taste in this system of senses and memories? Well, we'll get there. But as before, we first asked for listener input and we got another great round of responses. Thank you so much. Again, if you haven't already, go to our Facebook page, The Grand Life Podcast, or The Grand Life Podcast fans, and follow us so you can join in the conversation. And as a party to the conversation, you can call us at 317-572-7876. You can write us, uh, email to grandlifeconnection, all one word, grandlifeconnection, at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. And another thing, if you enjoy the podcast, please write a review, rate our podcast, or better yet, share one of our posts by looking for the word share under the post and put it on your own Facebook page. We would always love to have more listeners. So to answer your question, Mike, let's move on to taste. Good. Yeah, taste is often connected in our brain to place, which is different than smell or sound. So when we talked about these tastes that you remember, you might recall them connected to a specific place where you tasted them, your grandmother's kitchen or a picnic spot or an amusement park. There are also five different tastes to divide things up by. Did you know that? No, I had no idea that there were five tastes. I I thought the number five was associated with how many senses we're having to deal with. Yeah. Okay. So let's divide up the list that I've been I've been looking up, and there are five different tastes: salty, which would include things like soy sauce, olives, anchovies, feta, cured meats. There's also sweet, obviously, things like sugar and maple syrup, and fresh and dried fruit and honey. There's sour. Lemon, lime, buttermilk, sour cream, vinegar, and cranberries. Sure. There's bitter, which includes, as examples, arugula, radishes, uh, coffee, dark chocolate, mustard, walnuts. And the last one is the newest and um, has only just been starting to be recognized, and it's called umami. And that would include things like Parmesan, 
meat broth, uh, soy sauce again, as is mentioned in the salty, mushrooms, cooked tomatoes, fish sauce, cured meats. And that, that came from Japan. So like that, but this has been, I guess now they've added it into the five tastes for your taste, for your palate, that you develop a palate to taste these things. You know, it would be fun to connect all these tastes we're going to talk about to the place you remember tasting them, but I guess we'll have to leave that up to you if you contributed a specific memory and maybe you can think about where you were when you tasted this. Some of you mentioned it in your Facebook post, but most of you did not. And it's taken me a minute as we've had this conversation for it to really register, but there's two tastes that I absolutely do affix a place to. So I'm a believer just in my own tiny personal experience <laughs> of the last five minutes. I'm a total believer in this. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So uh, now's the time to talk about all the tastes listeners mentioned. And we'll start with salty. There was popcorn. Sure. And Fritos with bean dip or without, they said, Cheez-Its. Uh, feta cheese, that was mine, um, fried corn, fried squash, chicken and dumplings, and pinto beans. Those were some of the things that people mentioned as salty remembrances. Do you have any that you want to add to that, that you can think of for salty? Salty remembrances, yes. Country ham. Smoked yeah. country cured ham. My grandfather smoked hams. Yeah. Uh, sold them as uh, part of his of the inventory in his general store. Mm-hmm. And so not only was the smell of the smokehouse really strong and distinctive, but the taste of the ham takes me from the smokehouse into the kitchen and the dinner table. Yeah. That's the place that that taste evokes. Yeah, and I actually um, added that to the umami for things like country ham and bacon because they're they're also savory and they have they're comforting. So that also might fit into umami, cured meats, that kind of thing. Um, but salty as well, definitely salty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, can, I really, other than feta cheese, which is super salty, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything else. That was, that was the thing I remember the most in my salty. I, I think there were nuts around all the time, though, when, at Christmas and everything. There, there were definitely nuts that were at the tables um, at my grandparents' house. Okay, sweet. Now, this is a fascinating thing. That was the biggest list because of, I mean, why why is that, that sweets with grandparents? What do you think? Maybe it's because uh, sweet foods uh, speak love in some way. Grandparents use sweet foods as a kind of a proxy for their love for us. Yeah, I also think that it really fires off um, a a really good feeling when you when you have something sweet. Have you ever seen Facebook memes or Facebook things where they give a child who's sitting in a high chair some ice cream for the first time? Have you ever seen their faces? Mm-hmm. I mean, they light up. It's the visual translation of why did no one tell me this? <laughs> right. And so like I think I think you're right. I think yeah. in some ways um, it lights up something and so grandparents know that. They know that from experience that it lights something up in us and want they want to do that too to their for their grandchildren. How many people so. do you know have a salt tooth? A <laughs> yeah, umami tooth. To a sweet tooth. Yeah. I think there's a thing there. <laughs> yeah, there's a thing. There's something 
I don't even, even evolutionary about it. We can't, we can't not like sweets. I mean, I think there are some people who aren't big fans of sweets, but not many. I think most people like sweets. So let's think about this. Okay, so first of all, there's kind of a subcategory in sweets. There are all the sweets, and then there are candies and uh, that kind of thing, candies and gum. So first I'll talk about the sweets. So sugar cookies, which um, one of our Grand Life podcast fans mentioned as tea cakes. She even put the recipe up there. It's kind of hard for me to read, and I'm, I'm wondering if I need her to type that up for us so we can all see it. But sugar cookies. Tapioca pudding. Oh, man, love tapioca. I love any kind of pudding. And we used to have pudding at my grandparents' a lot. That was a, that was a big thing back in the day. We don't eat a lot of pudding now um, unless you get it in a box and make it. But I don't know. Pudding isn't a thing as much anymore unless you go to like MCL, right? <laughs> if you go to some kind of cafeteria it'll that has sitting, a Jack Benny plate. <laughs> it'll it'll be sitting there next to the... <laughs> To the Jello, Jello. <laughs> another thing also not made so much anymore. I do love Jello. Yeah? Mean, it's funny. Um, donuts, very specific. I have a very specific feeling about donuts and a memory of a place that I used to, we used to go to with my grandparents to pick up those donuts. Plums, any kind of fruit. Plum cobbler, strawberry cake, root beer floats. And this person wrote that they had root beer floats for breakfast at their grandparents, which... Signed me up. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I wonder whether the the parents knew about this, <laughs> the root beer floats in the morning. Um, but why not, right? Hershey turnovers, which sounded amazing. If you read our Facebook page, you can get these comments and you can look in and see what, you know, what they all are made of. It sounded wonderful. Um, chocolate cake. Somebody wrote in Lefse. Lefse, which I think is a Scandinavian type kind of mix between pancakes and crepes. So, and then you put cinnamon and sugar on them. And I looked it up and I thought, oh, I need a crepe pan. I need a Lefse pan. You can actually go to a website and buy a pan that is, it's actually its own little thing that sits on the t- on a countertop and you can make these things. And I'm like, man, like a, like I need a waffle to learn. Maker? Well, kind of, except flat, right? So it's like a crepe maker, crepe maker, crepe. Crep, I think, is the right way to say it. Then I've been saying it wrong a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, strawberry preserves, rhubarb cake, Mm. uh, divinity. Do you Mm. know what divinity is? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, homemade divinity. Um, Pepsi. Like, that might have been a thing where Coke and Pepsi came up. Maybe that's the kind of thing where you only got it at your grandparents because your parents didn't let you have it back in the 60s and 70s. Um, boiled custard. Now that's yours. Yes, right. That's one of those other foods that takes me uh, ba- actually back to the very same table where my teetotaling grandmother uh, would have a boiled custard. And because it had raw eggs, her excuse was that putting bourbon in it, flavoring <laughs> as she would call it, was there because of the raw eggs and the possibility of getting sick from that. So the bourbon would take care of that problem and some others. <laughs> Like all the other relatives at the table she want to talk to. Um, and then uh, warm milk with sugar, which is, you yes. know, you mentioned that too. Specifically vanilla bean sugar mm-hmm. with warm milk. Oh, my mm. goodness. Good, good memory. Dreamy. Mm-hmm. And then um, for candies, uh, we had butterscotch candies, and those are hard candies uh, that I remember very distinctly in my grandmother's uh, on her coffee table in front of the couch. And she had them there. And we still have that same candy jar. And we have Lifesavers in it for our grandkids. 
Uh, juicy fruit gum, which your dad used to chew and other people mentioned as something that their grandparents gave them. Dentine gum. I thought that had a stronger smell than taste, actually. Mm, well, it does definitely has a different kind of taste. And one of the things that my grandmother always bought me was uh, chiclets. And so that was a taste, when, that whole chiclets thing. It was a taste and a texture, actually. We didn't, we're not talking about texture today, which is so f- fascinating, but that kind of goes along with taste. We will be, right? Uh, with touch? Yeah. I don't know. Texture? Is that touch? Let's stretch it to fit because I think it probably should. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, peppermint sticks and wintergreen lozenges, which really are candies, but that's not medicinal at all. They're just basically sugar, straight sugar <laughs> with a wintergreen taste. Lozenges <laughs> always made my throat feel better when it was sore. <laughs> I'll call so them medicinal. Let's call them medicinal. <laughs> so those are some of the sweet things that our listeners remember. And now... Um, but that was the longest list. The rest are that's shorter. long. Sour was the next thing on the list, and we have no sour, nothing sour that anybody mentioned. Hmm. Nothing lemon. Although it's interesting, your grandmother, when, when we inherited her recipe cards, tons of lemon stuff, lots of lemon and I'm a big fan of lemon, but I don't remember it with my grandparents. I don't remember them giving me lemon, and you know, this is it. So when you're a child and you're little, you probably don't like lemon, so they're not going to give you anything sour. You're gonna, you know, they're going to complain. Now, it's funny. We have grandchildren who love Sour Patch Kids, so they are okay with sour. <laughs> I think there's more sour in the name than anywhere in the actual candy. I think it's, there's a lot of sweet in there. Oh, Sour Patch Kids? I mean, yeah, it's yeah, not that it's not right. sour at all, but... You're right. It has a sour coat. There's no, it has a lot of, of sugar and then sour. There's plenty of sweet. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of a combo of sweet and sour. So, yeah, sour, nobody had anything that they mentioned as sour. Sour Patch Kids without the sugar would not sell. <laughs> you're right. Right? <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You're right. Now, I did enjoy grapefruit when I was a kid with my grandfather, but... I have to say, we put a lot of sugar on the top of it. <laughs> the so one, the ones that needed not it. Have... I, I bet occasionally you'd get a, a grapefruit that didn't need a lot of uh, added sweetening, and mm-hmm. that was great. Mm-hmm. But the white ones and the ones that did, yeah, you didn't hold no. back, did you? Yeah, I wasn't going to eat those. Yeah. I definitely needed a pile of sugar on top. Um, so anyway, that's that's about as close as to to a sour patch kid as I got with yeah. my with my grandparents. And then we've got bitter. And there were a few people who mentioned greens. And I think that greens would be considered bitter, like collard greens. So if you put enough butter on it, it's not bad. Enough salt and pepper and butter doesn't taste bad. But sometimes you end up putting vinegar. I mean, they put vinegar on collard greens. Um, pea salad, which probably wasn't bitter, but I put that in there anyway. And, and then uh, we had one listener who mentioned sulfur water, and I couldn't figure out where to put that. It's not really bitter. It's not sour. What is it? Well, it of course, really it's, it's got an overwhelming smell, which, mm-hmm. which changes its flavor. But if you couldn't smell it, I think you might think that the taste alone would have made it salty. Since really? Since most minerals in water do impart a saltiness to the water. 
Yeah, I don't know. My aunt and uncle had sulfur water, and I never thought it was salty. It just t- to me, it tasted a little bitter. That's why I put it under the bitter. Okay. But, you know, everybody's different, and everybody's tastes are different, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the umami put in there, I mentioned that my, gram- my great-grandmother actually used to give us tomatoes out of the garden. They were warm. And then she'd give us this little Morton's salt shaker, little tiny, like baby one. And we, we each got one of those and we would put it on these um, tomatoes and they were so good. It was just I just remember them being so good. So that kind of fits in the umami section. And then somebody else mentioned garden green tomatoes. And then, of course, we talked about the country ham, some cured meats like country ham and bacon. And then somebody mentioned kibba, which I had never heard of, but it's like raw hamburger that's fried with uh, raisins and pine nuts in it. So it is very savory, but it also has that meat taste to it. So, Umami is shaping up for me because I'm just now learning about it as you discuss it as something that's really complicated. It's going to require some thinking. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's probably... It's new, and we're not Japanese, so (laughs) it's kind of a new thing for us. But we we both like sushi, and lots of people do, and I think that might fit into that. I'm not sure. We'll have to do a little more research. When you're done with uh, your own remembering placing tastes in your personal past, it's time to think about what taste you're introducing to your grandchildren, because that's what this is all about. It's not all about looking into the past, but also thinking about the future. So are the same comfortable, tried and true foods, are those things you're introducing them to, or are you taking chances and expanding their palates? Maybe they'll be a little more sour and bitter and umami in your shared food futures, you think? I don't know. I think there are some real challenges here. Mm. I mean, how many grands do we know who are textbook picky eaters? Yeah, lots. We could do all kinds of, uh, you know, mind expanding, palate expanding, good for, you know, God and country kinds of experiments Mm -hmm. that would fail miserably because they'd want peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, or cheese quesadillas or whatever. Yeah, you know, but they are watching us. And sometimes modeling is the best thing we can do and you can demonstrate adventurous eating in front of them maybe they they could see that and and give it a try another problem i think is going to be getting access to unusual foods because you may live in an area that doesn't have much in the way of ethnic um restaurants yeah or the stores may not carry things that uh, you'd necessarily want to try and prepare Mm-hmm. But you might get adventurous in your own cooking and come up with some ethnic foods, bring in some cumin or turmeric or some new tastes that your grands have never tasted before. And you could be on the lookout for new ethnic uh, interests that might be opening up in the places that you go. So, you know, if you meet your grands somewhere on a joint family vacation, mm-hmm. look up what Yelp has to say about ethnic restaurants in that place. It's not where they live. It's not where you live. You might need to do a little research. Yeah. You know, you might have to wait for your grants to age into this too. We we have just maybe one of 10 who's up for almost any food, at least once. Um, the rest, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> and, you know, I'll admit I probably need to loosen up a little bit here. Uh, although I still don't like Ethiopian food and you're not going to make me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, just, I really like it. I just don't. I think it's fine. And I don't mind eating with my fingers, which you said you don't. I'm okay with eating with my fingers. It's the what we eat with our fingers. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. The next one in this series takes us to sight. We take sightedness for granted because images are all around us all the time. We seldom take the time to reflect on them and imprint them in our minds so that they represent a whole movie style of memory. Yet for most of us in our pasts, there are probably a few images seared into our brains that conjure up more complete memories. This makes me think of this internet meme that's been around for years now, uh, Pics or It Didn't Happen. Have you ever heard that one? Pics or It Didn't Happen. Right. Hmm. So it's a way to challenge somebody who brags about something that's so incredible that only a picture of you doing this amazing thing would prove that it actually happened. Mm. Well, so let me borrow that and twist it a little bit. I'm okay. going to suggest that our minds hold on to mental images, brain pics, if you will, because it did happen. Well, this is what we want to talk about next time. Right. Think about those mental images and consider sharing them with us on the Grand Life podcast page on Facebook. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. We rely now so much on images, still and moving, and there are so many that they kind of wash over us, tending not to stick with us. It's a challenge that requires more concentration, but when I see the ocean and I think about it, what comes to mind are memories of being there with my grandparents, not just enjoying the view in the moment. It evokes a long personal history. That's next time on The Grand Life. 